It was the 21st of March, and uh, it's Tuesday, it's our new moon observance day. And uh, the monastics were just up at the um, Monks Utility Building reciting our uh, Paddy Mocha. Lampore did a beautiful job uh, reciting that after, I think, almost almost 50 years, and uh, very inspiring to, uh, to hear him chant that, and to know that he's been doing it for 50 years. <laughs> okay, well, there were some gaps, but I don't think it makes it any less inspiring, so... Um, Yeah, so just uh, reflecting on this life, I'm, I'm personally just coming out of a solitary retreat of a month, and uh, I was definitely delighting in solitude, and um, really enjoyed that, and that came with a lot of appreciation and gratitude for being able to actually do something like that, uh, which required... Um, some of the other monks here and Anagarka supporting that, especially the retreat crew um, supporting that. And, uh, and then, of course, all of the people who make the generous offerings um, to support the monastery, um, to have, have kutis and robes, all these requisites. So it's just sort of a, a feeling of delight in, in others' generosity and a, a delight in in that sense of um, goodness and that I can actually partake in that goodness and, and be a bene- benefactor of it. So it's um, one of the things I'm just recognizing now is the um, coming out of solitude like this is the, the activity of the mind, how um, that can affect the mind just being around others and, and engaging again and uh, being responsible. And there's a, yeah, there's a very strong felt sense of that. It's a difference that occurs. Um, and there's also that comes with that uh, a feeling of like something's wrong, something isn't, isn't right. Like, uh, what, you know, why is this, why, why are there feelings that are, are of dukkha or some difficulty or some problems within the mind, uh, feeling of raciness or especially notions of, of the future and thinking about the future, what's, what's to be done, what's, the mind starts to become more active. And I just relate that over to, you know, the last almost, uh, almost three months. So it's, it's been a, almost been about 11 of 12, 12 and a half weeks, something like that. It's a long time, long time of practice. And I think it's helpful for, for those uh, of us, all of us here um, at the monastery who's been in, uh, we've been engaging in this just to kind of have a sense of that, you know, like um, we, do, we do understand that, that time is something that is quite illusory. And it's, uh, you know, it comes with a lot of causes and conditions. We can feel 
things are dragging on for just you know very long periods of time, excruciating long long periods uh, where we don't know if we can deal with it, and and yet that can just be forty five minutes. Other times it can be like days and weeks go by so quickly we we're just amazed it's it's March already. And so in regards to that though, we, there is a there is a sense of like that something has passed, something there has been some change. Many of us entered the, the retreat in, in one way or another, and then we've gone on a particular journey within our own minds. And often um, a lot of that journey is defined by the expectations we've had. The expectations we've had of what, you know, what, whether something was going to be good or not, or whether it was good. And also, uh, hopefully, thinking about that word good. You know, what is the experience of that? That sense of how do I fa- define what, what was good for me? Um, was it, is, it, is it based on pleasantness? Did I have pleasant experiences, pleasant mind states, meditations that were quite peaceful? Um, and is that, you know, that, that's what, what good is. And then we, you might think that when we struggle, when there's a lot of difficulty, there's pain, sometimes we want to, uh, you know, just cry or go uh, shrink back in some corner or just sleep through it. And that's considered uh, quite negative, painful, difficult, and not working. And it's, it's helped to reflect on the, the sutta that Lumpur spoke about where he... he uh, he talked about how the, the Buddha said that it's it's better to um, live in a a more wild, you know, forested situation a, uh, where we're we're surrounded by nature, and yet we're having a lot of difficulty within our own minds. The practice is coming with a lot of difficulty and struggle. Then it would be to be surrounded by city walls and cars, and I mean the Buddha didn't say cars, but um, but. You know the, the the senses is being like really really in, in uh, encroached by people and and yet have an easy time have a, a you know, pleasant meditations and and why is that because it's you know where it's you think about what we're what we're capable of one is is just to to have that space to have that space of solitude um, and how helpful it is. Uh, I think it was Mahakachana would, would talk about that when he talked about his experience of you know, why he would still go and uh, practice in extreme ways out in very secluded places in the forest when he was already an arahant. And he found that still just really beneficial for him. And uh, once more, it also inspired others to do the same. And so there's, you know, when there's not... Uh, activity, we, we do have the, the possibility to, um, to really understand uh, our own minds in a more peaceful, settled way. But we always have to deal with activity in a certain way or another. We have to come back to that. But that, that seeking of seclusion and seeking of quiet places is very important for our practice. And it's something that... Uh, 
we can we can we can uh, try to engage in as much as possible and try to bring about. So we do want to be careful of kind of the conditions we um, surround ourselves in and um, the people we surround ourselves with. So Lumpur was uh, talking about our taking a refuge. Our refuge is in Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. And you know what does that that really mean? Because from a theoretical point of view, uh, it seems like okay, yeah, these are these are the ways I go for safety, and we can think about that and believe in these refuges. But uh, as Lumpur was mentioning earlier uh, this evening, uh, speaking to the the monastics, just it's a lived experience taking refuge. It's a lived experience, uh, you know, what we're, we're actually doing on this retreat. And the more that we get stuck in our heads around our thoughts about things and our own practice and where our practice is at and where it should be and why my mind isn't the way I want it to be, you know, we're still living in our own heads. We're living with our, our thoughts and our own confusions. And we're basing this on ideals. And we can do that with our own inspiration. We can say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so inspired by this. I'm inspired by this particular monk, or I'm inspired by this practice, or I'm inspired by something. And then we ride on that inspiration until that inspiration burns out, which it usually does. As the mind is ephemeral, there is, there is always uh, change. There's uh, Nietzsche. And so then we, we lose that Sometimes that sense of inspiration, we feel low, as I was mentioning before. And then the mind is back into its sometimes negative states, difficult states. And this becomes a problem. And I'm not inspired anymore, so then I want to give up. And that, that is uh, something very important to pay attention to. Because no matter what happens with our practice, uh, it's likely, uh, unless we were, we were born as Narhant, which is not possible, uh, we're going to experience some, some sort of dukkha in our lives and uh, some difficulty. And yet thinking about how the Buddha talked about struggle and dukkha and the, the effort that's needed to be made, the a sense of um, patient endurance that we um, want to be emphasizing so much in our practice. It is, it is dealing with these, these problems that, that come up in our minds. And you know, pleasant, a pleasant meditation, a pleasant experience is, is quite important. It's very helpful. It, it does lead us onward. It does give us um, the happiness and the pleasure that we, we need to, to actually have a sense that there is, um, there is some goodness that we can uh, engage with, we can understand, we can be a part of. It'd be pretty difficult if it was just constant suffering, but to expect that, that we, won't, uh, we won't experience in that, experience that suffering along the way, then it, it causes a problem for us. And especially when we think that it's, it's getting in the way, you know, the difficulties or problems are, they shouldn't be there. And I think that's, um, it's just a trap that, that's very common. Um, but we want to try to, try to 
more emphasize with ourselves that this is, this is learning. This is how learning occurs. And so, you know, we just keep working with our own failures, our own um, beliefs in our, our selves being um, utterly foolish or wrong or stupid sometimes. And then we sometimes get that aha moment, that sense of, right, oh yeah, this, this is all a, an illusion. I'm just creating this sense of me being wrong, me being in this permanent, you know, not this, this state that's just not going to work. And it's a, it's a sense of non-acceptance. So when we accept that, those, those difficulties, those problems along the way, uh, along our, in our journey, then um, it makes this practice and uh, this engagement with the, the Buddha's teachings just so much easier. Because we, don't, we put, don't put up um, sort of boundaries or, or a sense of what uh, what should or shouldn't be happening. And I think that's where, you know, that's where this sense of refuge really is helpful. Um, this lived experience with refuge is saying like, well, what is it, what is it that I'm giving myself to? And what am I willing to go through to, um, to realize the end of suffering? And so that, that does become an, an actual giving, uh, giving up a letting go into. And that's what that, that sense of refuge is really about. We're seeking a place of safety, um, but we know that, that that safety doesn't always mean that it's to, to feel good all the time. Because then it's just like, you know, sort of Buddhist therapy. It's like this is going to um, this is going to allow me to, to cope with life. I'm just trying to, to learn how to cope. But uh, you know, Nibbana is really beyond coping. And so the, um, one of the things that I really appreciated that Lumpur was talking about was that uh, when, we, when we have a refuge and we're willing to give ourselves to it, uh, we give ourselves to the, the Sangha, we give ourselves to the, the Buddha, give ourselves to the Dhamma. Then we're, you know, we're, we're letting go of our own cherished sense of, of who and what we are. You know, this is for me, this is what I need, uh, this is how I have to have it. Um, it has to play out in this particular way. And so that's where, you know, that's where the, the refuge is. It's really like seeking safety in that sense of giving up me, my needs and my particular uh, views and opinions and the safety that we, we might tend to go towards um, is a different kind of refuge. You know, the refuge of, of me and my comforts and my own happiness and um, my own sense that if I'm not experiencing peace and happiness all the time, then something's wrong, rather than a refuge in understanding and learning the Dhamma. So when, you know, just in, in thinking about this retreat, you know, it's very helpful to think about what have I learned? 
what have I learned about my own mind? What have I learned about how the, the Buddhist teaching has really uh, helped me understand um, how I really get myself into trouble and how I can bring myself out of that. And of course, nobody likes suffering. I mean, I mean, maybe some people do, but but in you know, it's it's understandable that when it's unpleasant and difficult, it's, it's difficult um, with the path. It's it's just hard. It's hard to kind of keep that inspiration up sometimes. But we 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 want to try to recognize that. I mean, even in a retreat like this, it's like you know, you kind of see a peak. And you experience something in your practice that's quite lovely and enjoyable, and um, or you, you you gain some more understanding, or an insight arises. But then, like you know, a week later, it's just like it can just be mired in complete dukkha and and thinking it'll just never end. And and then we see over the course of of a three month retreat like this that it's just doing that over and over and over again. This one peak after the next valley, and then so we're 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 learning how to um, see that as as just being okay. You know, it's not. Um, we don't have to have this this progression of the mind just getting um, brighter and brighter until I did it. Realized nibbana after three months, which uh, I mean, great. If that happened, but um, you know, for most of us, I, th- I don't think that's usually the uh, the reality. But there is there is the reality of of understanding, uh, the the reality of learning, and really having a, a sense, a very deep sense of um, how each of us has has engaged personally in in this this practice and for the last three months really had some understanding and had some uh, sense of nuance uh, from the mind and, and how we can better utilize the, the Buddha's teachings, the insights we've gained. And it's, it's important to be honest with ourselves because uh, we might, oh, I haven't, I haven't had any insights, it's just been nothing. Like, wow. I don't know, just living in community, one gains insights, understandings. Living with the Dhamma. So I'm uh, just encouraging um, us as we're, we're coming to an end of, of, of this uh, formal retreat time to try to examine our perspective and uh, how we've been looking at our own experience. How we're looking right now, for example, as, you know, as I'm talking about this. Is there really an ending to this? Well, there's sort of an ending of a, a gathering of, of us doing this in a particular way and uh, with the retreat crew being here. But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to exactly end in the same way. We don't have to see it in that way. We can try our best to just see the, um, the opportunities we continue to have. 
to practice this teaching. And that's, you know, it's, it's very difficult, as I started out the talk, just talking about the active uh, quality of the mind and where it wants to go. And um, for myself, just facing kind of the responsibilities that I have and some of the um, projects that we're going to be engaging in in just a couple weeks, uh, assuming I'm still here, still alive, then, as well as everybody else, then, you know, it, the mind can, can move into that, that active sense. And um, it's, it's very normal and natural, but what is unhelpful is to think, um, oh, this is terrible, this is, you know, this isn't right, and um, it shouldn't be this way. And, um, or, or the mind's, oh, it sh we should be on retreat all the time, why can't we be on retreat all the time? Well, if we were on retreat all the time, or what would that be like? Probably wouldn't be any food, wouldn't be any shelters, wouldn't be any roads, wouldn't be any paths, wouldn't be any buildings here. It just doesn't quite work. We need to maintain, we need to take care of um, those physical aspects of our lives that that take, care of our, that take care of us. But again, this doesn't have to change the mindset. So as the, as the mind is becoming more active and activated, then that becomes our object. That becomes what we, what we study and what we can take a great interest in rather than thinking or lamenting that something's wrong or, um, or it's not working. Or I can only be in this particular condition when it's when it's quiet and, uh, and peaceful. So as, as this uh, next period, transition period occurs for us and we have a, a one-week group practice that we're going to be engaging in, um, just, just kind of working with the mind uh, as it's having its ups and downs and, and knowing that there's some sort of looming end, but also notice that we're creating that end for ourselves. We're creating that uh, sense of like what's going to happen next. And for me, I've, I've seen it happen year after year, just that sense of the mind speeding up and what's going to happen, you know, what's... What's, uh, what am I going to be doing? Where am I going to be going? And just to use that as, as an object of contemplation. Just bringing the mind back and reminding ourselves of that refuge. You know, what is it we're seeking safety in? Is it uh, worldly goals, ambitions, activities? Or is it just to keep, keep understanding the mind? and sometimes restraining the mind when it's getting out of hand, um, but also really just emphasizing, well, again and again, you know, what am I learning here? So I will leave that for tonight, and uh, we'll start our 5 a.m. puja tomorrow. So uh, wish everyone well, and thank you for listening.